0: It's time for a second scoop of ice cream. It's Speedball 2 on Amigos, everything Amiga. <music> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Speedball Ooh. 2. Oh, yeah, man. Ooh. Now, Aaron, you've been to uh, professional wrestling before. A oh, few times, yeah. You've been to see the Harlem Globetrotters. No, I've seen them on TV. Oh, you've, times. Never, you've never, never been seen down a to 11 inconvenience. I don't arena.
1: make Globetrotter money. What are you uh, talking okay. about? Those guys get
0: to pay. Now, here's my question for you Have yeah. you ever been to see live roller derby?
1: I have. Yes, I have. Many times, mm-hmm.
0: actually. Um, when you go to see Roller Derby, is it kind of like going to see wrestling? Do they have good food there? How are the
1: concessions? Well, here's the problem with live Roller Derby. And the problem is this. If you ever watch... Uh, do other countries even know what Roller Derby is? Which My, I want to explain. Roller Derby is a, is a, is a game... game that, Entertainment. That uh, two teams of roller skaters play on a round, banked track. Okay? Sort of like... you Sort of like think speed skating but it's a roller rink it's banked and it's a bank track and the way you play it is there's a guy called a jammer on each team they have these special colored helmets and their goal is to lap the other team as many times as they can and when they get to the point where they want to stop they do this thing here and that, which is put your hands to your side that calls off the jam all right really that's that's how you didn't know that did no. you and so the other members of the team, opposing team, try to keep that skater from get skating past them. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of violent. Now, the, here's the, the thing about it is, uh, on TV, it was real popular in the 60s. It was sort of like bowling was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had its peak, and it slowly fell off. It didn't, Unlike wrestling, it didn't last. And I think part of the reason is you can't just go to any place and put up a, a bank track. Right, it's tough. And the problem is, Banked tracks existed in the '60s and '50s, like all over the place. For what reason? They because people just skated on them. Okay, they were just because it was just a, people skated on them. But most places, in fact, I've never been to a place that had a bank track ever. And so, what you have when you don't have a bank track. Are just people skating around a flat track, and that so takes a lot of the fun away. Roller from it.
0: derby is always on a bank track. You can't have. Well, no, you derby. can
1: not have it. And the it ones just... I've all seen, the ones I've seen live, were all in flat tracks. Okay, but
0: that's that's no good.
1: We've got the Canal. Uh, what's it? Is it the Charleston Chemical Girls or or Kanawha Valley Chemical Girls, uh, in based out of Charleston? Uh, and then there's a real. It sort of had a second life in Texas. There was a big team of, of chicks in Texas. It's mostly. Mostly roller derby now is all women because mm. back in the old days, there would be one team with would have a there'd be a one team like let's say the uh, the T birds and they would have a, ch- a chick squad a dude squad each mm-hmm. team and then the others and then you and you would travel just like a baseball game right uh, but yeah seeing it live I it was disappointing now, if, now, if I'm roller honest roller derby
0: roller derby it's 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 all a work right
1: <laughs> it all was a work. In the, when I saw it on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. Locally, I would assume it still will work. I've only seen a few matches locally, but I mean. How do you think you call spots in roller derby? Well, it's it does it's not like wrestling where it gets real complicated. You know, in old roller derby, it was pretty complicated. And you also had world class roller skaters out there too. And they would take horrible bumps because mm-hmm. you got to think if you go over the rails of a bank track, you fall to the floor and you're. 10 foot off the ground. Mm. So you had these real skilled skaters. When I was watching, I had these guys called the Jackson brothers. These guys are super duper skilled uh, at taking bumps. Up the chicks were too. They'd take these flat back bumps on the skating surface, which would hurt. You know, think about it. Mm-hmm. Plus you're out there wearing heavy metal skates. You could get ran over. Fingers get ran over. Uh, 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 you can just get somebody kick you upside the head with them. Mm-hmm. And so, it was dangerous. I'd say it's way more dangerous than wrestling. Now, were there superstars? I mean, who was the Ron Simmons of Roller oh, Derby? Oh man. You know, the the names that stick out to me, there was this there was a manager of a team, the evil team in the league that I watched. It was her name was Miss Georgia Haas. Mm-hmm. She was super evil. I mean she was the she was like, like the equivalent of like a Bobby Heenan or something. They had uh there was a British manager and there was a slobby, sort of a kept the bando style manager, and then the T Birds had an uh, I think his name was, uh, um, uh shoot, it was a little old guy that was a former skater. So a lot of the old skaters would come back and be the good guy refs, you know. Uh, Hoes would kill me because he he remembers all these guys' names. Uh, but it was that's how they sort of recycled in their old heroes from back in the day. They would come in and be the good guys. And some of the evil skaters would come back and t- be the bad guy coaches, mm-hmm. you know. But it was pretty much a lot like, it was sort of like a team-based wrestling with like one evil manager. And they, all the bad guys would cheat. You know, so well, The cool. reason why yeah.
0: I bring this up is yeah, I was you wondering. Know,
1: Speedball 2
0: is sort of like they kind of bill it as the sport of the future. You know, it's, it's yeah. something that takes place. Were people billing rollerball and its sort of violent tendencies as the sport of the future at the time? Well,
1: it's, well, I mean, roller had been around for a long time. And then it went away for a while. And then they had, they tried to bring it back in like, I want to say it was the late 80s. With this thing called roller games, and you may remember that they had video games based on it, and it had a pinball machine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember. And that. the difference on this, this was a bank track with a figure eight and a jump oh. built into it. So this was a custom track that right. for TV. And I remember on the very first episode, Debbie Harry sang. Really, like she was on there. So that was a pretty big. That was a Amiga connection. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Uh, but uh, 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 it didn't. It didn't make it. You know, and it was—I enjoyed it. How do you go over the jump? You like you just—it's just, like a—it's like a ramp, like this. It's like a big gap. You just wow, go over it. Yeah, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, it's a dangerous sport. I mean, they, it was tough. It's tough on your body. I wonder if
0: any of those episodes are on YouTube.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna have to check. that Roller out. Roller games was a syndicated show. I would say it was a moderate hit, mm-hmm. but it didn't last. I don't think it went more than a season. It would probably be pretty expensive to produce, and. I think it was an all or nothing sort of affair. Right. They just ran out of cash, you know. But it was a the you know, but remember when uh, uh, American Gladiators was a big deal? Mm-hmm. This was in that same kind of era that makes glow, sense. I can that see kind of that stuff, being that syndicated of shows. That,
0: that late 80s type time period. You know,
1: roll uh, uh, speedball. I mentioned this on the first show we did with this. Speedball reminds me of the sport that was on the old Battlestar Galactica show. It was sort of like handball, except you, in that on the show you had two teams. And you had uh, you had uh, uh, goals built into the wall like circles, sort mm-hmm. of like speedball, except speedball has the open wall. But these had holes, and you sort of had to kind of slam dunk the ball through it. Right. But it was sort of a violent handball sort of affair. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like this in a way. That's the closest thing I can come up with for a roller, a, a speedball-type game. Well,
0: before we get into more speedball, Aaron, let's shift on over and talk about what's been going on this week in the world of Amiga News. Amiga News. Now, Aaron, it's been a busy week in the world of our favorite YouTube stars of the Amiga universe, and we're going to kick things off with this first video from Chris Edwards' Restoration. Yeah. Now, Aaron, you watched this, and I watched it, but I want to hear your thoughts on this thing
1: first. Well, I mean, listen, I, by the way, I've got an A8500 a- with no video, mm-hmm. so I found, I found this pretty interesting. Listen, it's just it's just Chris going through and trying to evaluate what was wrong with this thing. Now, he ended up finding a, uh, a cracked chip They'll do it. Yeah, they're wrong. By the cracked. way, it mm-hmm. it, the crack chip will do it. But I mean, I, I, it's funny. Like I said, I, Chris, in some ways, reminds me of a far more competent me because that's sort of the way I like to. I like. I'm very he's got, similar. He's got, you know, he was
0: just. He's got one of these microscopes that can output to a TV screen, which I think is really cool. I've got one
1: of those at, at work. That's yeah.
0: awesome. They're pretty cool, and uh, it's amazing the diagnostic tools that are built into the Amiga. Because he starts this thing up and it's like green, that means something. ROM is bad. Red, yeah. this means so. And then he's jumping a thing with a the thing. I don't
1: I don't really understand what when that you means. jump the thing with the other thing, and yeah. you're doing something. You're jumping. You know well, Listen, I, I'll tell you from having done this in the past. When you've got a machine that has like a, a component that's cracked, all right, it's hard. Sometimes it's really difficult to find what's going on because you can't see it. There's no heat issue. There's it. it that can be a tough. Not, especially when it's something like a, a very small capacitor or a very small resistor, the real tiny ones, mm-hmm. because you can't even with the microscope you can't tell, right. You know, until you pull off that glue. So all you can do is just measure, you know. And uh, I watch him go through this. I really, I you know, I don't know. There's what something you, wrong with you, me, what, but I enjoy this
0: sort of stuff. What do you think about him using that bodge wire? You oh. know, going across the chip like that. You never did anything like I, that. Listen,
1: did you? I'll, I'll, I'll bodge with the best of them. You don't want to know the stuff i've done you know but i like and i'm gonna shout out 48k too the past couple of weeks 48k has been uh uh diagnosed and stuff on his twitch show mm-hmm. and 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 re and stuff i just tinker with boards there's something fun to it it's sort of educational the you thing know, that I, I like, like about chris is that he doesn't have a whole he does give you different angles
0: gives yeah. you close-up views and stuff but he's not jumping around it's a it's a it, to me it's relaxing it's not I like enjoy, wwf yeah.
1: camera work right 50 exactly. jump cuts in three seconds yeah yeah. yeah, I like this. Good stuff. He also released another one this week. I think it was installing a, uh, um, was it a math coprocessor? So that's something else you might want to check out if you're, uh, so, I mean, what, you're already here. So check them both out. But yeah, good stuff. I always like uh, uh, Chris's stuff. I also like his cool little monitor there, too. Yeah, the
0: Flax got one of those, too. Those are
1: neat, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Of, what's the gimmick on that? Any idea? Is it, what is it, LED uh, something or another? No, I don't know. It's, it's like you know it's it's designed to
0: display pixel art
1: That's it reminds I mean. me it's like if someone brought a light bright to light right oh right I'd it's rather have cool. the light bright with that was a lot, But still pretty cool all
0: right Aaron our next video comes from our buddy Doug 10 minute Amiga retrocast and he is upgrading his Amiga 500 from OCS to ECS now I didn't even realize that uh 500s mm. wore OCS out of the box. I thought they were all ECS. I don't think
1: they're all OCS. Uh, in fact, I know they're not. But some, yeah, some are. Mm-hmm. This was another good video. I enjoyed this, Doug. Is he the happiest guy? I think he's got, what's the crap they give him before you get your dental work done? Joker juice. Joker juice. <laughs> he's having this pumped into his house. He's the happiest guy. Even when he uh, hosed up that solder job, he's like, oh, screw it. Send him the break. Whoa. I was like, man, I'd like to have some of whatever he's on to sit over here. But, yeah, this is a very similar thing. And, of course, the marks trademark is slowly guiding you through what's going on. Mm-hmm. Here's this chip. Here's mm-hmm. what it does. And here's this chip. And here's why we're taking this out. And this is exactly what he does. He shows you what chips to the pop out. The thing I
0: thought was interesting about this is that he talks about if you <laughs> look on the underside of the board, there's actually little holes in there so you can poke it from beneath. I'd never heard about that before. Via holes? Yeah.
1: Well, you know... A lot of people don't understand how circuit boards work. I am one of those people. <laughs> you know, when I worked at IBM, we had these things we built called GenRADs. They were the test circuit boards. GenRADs? GenRADs. And, you would, and there are test points all over these boards, and you would set the boards on top of this thing. They had a lid that would kind of smash the whole card down, these pins that stick up out of this tester, and it would run a series of tests on the entire circuit, and it would, it would, would, it would compare resistances and what capacitance – on the board, and on the computer, to see if there everything was working right. And if, if it found something, let's say you had a broken resistor or whatever, it would say, like, okay, uh, resistance A12, supposed to be 5.1K, we're getting, you know, infinite. Mm-hmm. And then, in, okay, that one's probably broken. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's something a lot of those old, a lot of boards have those test points for stuff like that. Among other reasons, you can test them with a meter. We were lucky to have that kind of technology at IBM when I was there. But, yeah, this is a good video. Uh, Doug knows this stuff, of course. He talks about uh, what he's doing, why he's doing, and hey, he made the right call. And of course, being Doug, has to go through a of crazy video modes and mm-hmm. stuff that I would never even do, you know. But I still, I like the circuit board part, especially just to see what he was up to. Like I, said, I never even thought to do that, to be honest with you. So I never had a inclination to mess with the five hundred in that way. But it, so it was interesting. Plus, if you're someone that needs to do that or hasn't done it mm-hmm. that would like to. It's right there for you. So right. good stuff. We love Doug. Absolutely. Doug should be at Boat Fest, by the way. Have we heard from Doug? No. But Come we'll, on, we'll Doug. Have to put out the clarion call
0: again. Yeah. Now, Aaron, our next video comes from the one, the only Ravi Abbott. And uh, this is his ongoing series of uh, Amiga, or Commodore history, Amiga history. This one is all about when Gateway owned Amiga. Now, Aaron, I told you that I've been consuming a lot of my YouTube content and audio mode yeah. lately. In the car, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to this." We were talking about it in the car. No. You are like, "No, you need to watch yeah. this
1: bad boy," and you were right. Yeah, <laughs> you there's were right. A, there's a sequence in this <laughs> when Gateway. First of all, this is a great video. We love Ravi. We've always loved Ravi. He's always been mm, a friend of ours. Yeah, and he's and he's underrated for his documentary. Yes. work. this stuff's gold.
0: hundred percent. right? And I'll tell you why I love Ravi's documentaries. Because there are some people that you can tell, I mean, they're they're reading off something, and some people do a good job reading off a script. Ravi, he's like, he's doing all this stuff. He's wing, he's winging it. He's just speaking from his own memory, yes. is he's, what I'm he's saying.
1: He's the man, yeah. except he's
0: way more talented than yeah. every other
1: man. Yeah. So the f- best part of this is all is when Gateway split the Amiga into their separate team, and they came up with all this crazy Amiga birch. And, of course, they had to have the Amiga dance truth, which is, that's what I told Boat. I was like, because there's a part of this video that's so uncomfortable to hear and see my that it has part, to be experienced visually. My
0: favorite part is when they cut to the
1: crowd. <laughs> because it's a bunch of, like, old white people, business, and they're just sitting there, like, they're yeah. going like this. They don't know there's how like to one react. woman, yay, yeah. yay, this is great. Look at that young lady dance. Yeah. You know, and one guy's like, oh, yeah. You know, he's looking kind of lecherous. Yeah, yeah, lecherous is you the know. word of the day. But, I sure. mean, how, what was this?
0: <laughs> How is this helping you sell computers, I'm Commodore? convinced this is the only where way, uh, this
1: is the only reason they bought Amiga. Can it's like, listen, we need a dance troupe.
0: I want some of that cola.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because here's a little, you know, uh, at the beginning of this right here, they have a little, see that, these mouse pads? I've got a couple of these that yeah. David Z sent over. Yeah. So <laughs> now I know where they came from. But, yeah, this is great. And this mm-hmm. is also the sad but stupid end of Amiga. You can't be too depressed about it because it went out in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> but it's not I mean, it did get dancers, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. That's and all, true. He shows all those cockamamie, like, here's the – the Amiga's going to be this. It's going to be in a, a something that sets like a radio. It's a toaster. It's mm-hmm. all this crazy stuff. And it was none of it that was stuff. none of it, yeah. You know, because when Gateway – I like that. <laughs> the whole thing is just gold. Yeah. Don't listen to us. Go check it out. Ravi did a great job on this. It's great. By the way, watch the whole thing. I mean, there are long gaps in there. You know, Hey, I'm not saying it's no good, the Amiga Cola. I wonder what it tastes (laughs) (laughs) like. The problem is Amiga Cola, it costs $700 per can.
0: You you definitely want the ECS version, too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, Aaron, we're moving on down the line, and this next story is on our Facebook page, because this was the easiest way for me to post this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was baffling to me. So, Aaron, this is a action from Basque Country, okay? Are you familiar with Basque Country? Yeah,
1: that's uh, that was in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We're in Basque Country.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true, <laughs> except that not, because this is in Spain, okay? All right. And this is the 11th uh, the 11th of February the U school Retro Association organized the Basque tournament of the Commodore Amiga 500. This was uh, seven seven players members of the association and friends met in Jofer a bar in Bilbao and it was a retro afternoon because before connecting the Amiga 500 they played the 2600 and ZX Spectrum but here's the thing Aaron They played a bunch of games. They had a tournament, okay? They played Space Harrier, Mega Phoenix, and Paperboy. Oh, okay. Okay. So, of course, this is just one of these things. We're so happy now that kind of things are opening back up again, that we're having these in-person tournaments again. And so, uh, yeah, check these guys look like they're having a good time. Yeah. And uh, I think the guy, his name is Ergo Ergoitz or something like that. He has a very strange name. It's Egoitz Egoitz. Uh, he sent me this report. and uh, I think it's cool
1: so, when like, your first name makes up the portion of your second name. Right, right. Like, I can't get that. No, no one can pronounce my second name. They just That's give true. up. They yeah, do. So
0: good for your ego. So, and finally, Aaron, we have the Sega and Amiga, and Amiga
1: Magazine revival, the Retro Hour, Aaron, for this week. Well, you know, here's something else that I found amusing, and, and there is a uh, uh, there's a full circle feeling. When we did episode 42, which was the first time we did uh, speedball Two. Uh, we talked about this show called, uh, retro hour. Mm-hmm. I'm like what's this show retro hour. And I was like, that's yeah, pretty good. I kind of like it, you know? And, uh, here we are, uh, all these years later, of course we've done Ravi and Dan have been part of a megathon. Ravi. We've had him uh, on the show. Right. We've had a you know, ton. we've never, I don't think we ever talked to Joe. I think that's the third guy's name. Mm-hmm. They had, they had the third guy, but, uh, uh, here they are. Back, they're still cooking. They're huge now. I mean, they're a big deal. Big, mm-hmm. huge deal. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, this particular episode because it also had a couple of our buddies on it, didn't it, both?
0: That's right. The one, the only Pixels at Dawn is featured on this show talking about Amiga Addict Magazine as well as the founder and CEO of Amiga Addict Enterprises, uh, Jonah Naylor. So, yeah uh
1: definitely check the show out listen to their interview good stuff and i want to mention something that i don't i didn't know this now you got the inside scoop on some of this stuff but pixels mentioned that they're preparing to put amiga addict in actual newsstands really i was not aware of this and uh i mean it's apparently as far as i can tell it's a done deal Mm -hmm. because he was talking about how they're going to to make sure that they hit their deadlines and stuff but i mean that's a happening so and if you're in the uk and possibly, and I maybe Pixels can uh, shed some light on it somewhere down the line. But uh, this could be something you could request at your newsstand, or they will just carry it. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge deal mm-hmm. uh, for those guys, and they've worked hard uh, to put this to put this thing together. In fact, Edwin says it's a done deal. It's three hundred news agents. That's tremendous. That post. is.
0: That's great.
1: I, that brings a tear to my eye. Mm-hmm. We've known Pixels for a long. We've known both those guys forever. Yeah. And uh, when they started this venture, I mean, you know, listen, it's, you could say, I am going to start a magazine. It's like saying like, we're going to do a con. It's, it seems like a good idea, but then you're like, holy crap. This mm-hmm. is tons. Of, it's way harder, actually. It's, it's harder, way harder to do a magazine and then you get it off the ground. And it's also, it's like, well, we, you can make a magazine. It could be shiny. But also, what's in it? Mm-hmm. It could be junk, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's not. Right. Let's get all the best guys to write for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, bam! Then you got something. Let's put a mega bill on the cover. You got first oh, listen. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, well, you have to do more actually, lots more. But, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's all I. Do. <laughs> that's the why I, pages will be blank. That's why Boat Magazine didn't take off. Yeah. <laughs> It was a pamphlet, and about a third way down the editorial, it just trails off, and it was in your garbage can, and you'd sold the copier back to Amazon. Back to Amazon. <laughs> Oh, man. be I like how we could bury you right here. You just laugh it off. I do. There you go, Boat. I think that's all we got news-wise this week.
0: All right. Well, Aaron, let's uh, shanty on over.
1: <laughs> that's another reason you don't have a magazine. <laughs> to talk about Retro Rewind. Shanty? Is that even a verb? Yeah. Okay. That's how
0: I see shanty a lot.
1: <laughs> but you just talk about Frank.
0: You know, if you are a, an enthusiast of uh, the Commodore 64 or the Amiga computer and you need hardware, if you need software, if you need support for fixing your broken machines there is no better place to go than redforrewine.co.uk uh, i almost said .co.uk that's their unannounced uk branch <laughs> um, yeah don't don't marry into that yet you know we've been uh associated with frank for going on a year and a half now i believe yeah and uh you know Everybody that deals with him has nothing but good things to say about not only, you know, the quality of his work, but the the quality of his service. He's very responsive. Uh, he's very forthcoming, especially with hardware repairs and things like that. Uh, he's an honest guy that really cares about the community. And he also cares about
1: what's going on in the world right now, doesn't he? Aaron? Yeah, he sure does. And we wanted to mention this as we got, because Frank sent us a note over uh, asking about uh, plugging this on the on the site. We were like, of course, please do it. Uh listen, uh, no one here is oblivious to what's going on over in the Ukraine right now. Horrible situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, we, me and Boat talked to this a while back. You know, we're talking about how do we address this? And we sort of didn't mention it, not uh, not because we wanted to, not out of disrespect, just because, you know, we didn't want to, at the time, it was early on last week. We didn't know exactly what was going on. But it's a bad, anyway it goes, it's a humanitarian disaster. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank uh, sent us a note, and he mentions from March 2nd through March 18th, 10% of all the sales uh, at Retro Rewind will be donated to the Red Cross and the UNHRC to help refugees fleeing the violence in Ukraine, which I think's dandy. Listen, the, the, those folks can, uh, can use every cent they can get. It's very charitable to Frank. Of course, it, cha- Frank almost seems like he's always got uh, some kind of charitable thing going on, which is outstanding because he's cutting into his own piece of the pie here right i mean it's not like uh you're you know it's good for you because you can buy stuff from frank knowing you're getting a good quality product you know you're going to get it fast but you also can buy stuff knowing like hey listen part of my purchase is going to help people that are fleeing from a war zone that that had nothing to do with Mm -hmm. and everyone can get behind that we don't want to see women and children young man old man anybody uh, get caught in a war zone and so I think it's dandy that Frank did this I think it's outstanding and uh, uh, it shows you the kind of vendor the the kind of person that he is uh, up at retro rewind boat absolutely I also want to mention now this is <laughs> takes a backseat to that first uh, notion but uh, Frank's also ha- ha- has got a, a cocoa diagnostic chip uh, cooking so both mentioned the c64 and the Amiga. Let's not leave out our good friends over on the Color Computer, also supported by Retro Rewind. Aside from your Coco SDC, you can now get a diagnostic chip. Trust me, can't hurt. Mm-hmm. Those things are helpful, man. We were just talking about the Amigas built in diagnostics, and here's a little something for diagnosing the Coco. Coco's getting up there in years too. You're going to be developing a lot of problems. It wouldn't even if your Coco's working fine. It wouldn't be the worst that I put one of these in the, on the shelf just right. in case just you need in it. Case. That's right. So. Frank, give Frank a shot over at RetroRewind.ca. Uh, we don't just endorse him. He's not just a, a paid advertiser. He's a good buddy of ours. He's going to be down here at Boat Fest as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wouldn't sit here and, and and talk about him if we didn't believe in what he was up to.
0: Absolutely. And we appreciate RetroRewind for sponsoring Amigos.
1: Aaron, it's time to talk about Speedball 2. Oh, man. Here we go, Boat. Now, Boat, I know you've played this one before, and I'll tell you why watching this live right now you're watching the game myself and boat played and <laughs> amigos live stream 42 we used to live stream all the games before the show it's funny because we didn't actually do this show to video right so we just live streamed it but we didn't actually we didn't actually video the show which is the, I guess the way we were doing it back That's in the day the way we were doing uh, boat uh, got on we've done some weird things who knows mm-hmm. so uh, let's talk about it of course this is a rewind piece this was originally covered Way back in uh, Everything Amiga podcast, 42. That's right. And we went video at, what, 50? Yeah. So this, so this is, this is shortly like, before we went video. You know, the funny thing is, I, w- I went back and listened to this show again, and it was we did this show directly after doing a public domain show.
2: <laughs> Just We're like annoyed. this.
1: It's kind of crazy because we read a letter from the guy that did Hangar 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there you go. Wow. Okay. Well, History. History repeats itself. It is crazy. So uh, this game, Speedball 2 Brutal Deluxe. <clears throat> it sounds like a... a a very angry cheeseburger meat. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know?
0: you remember the, the McDLT? Yeah, they had the two gimmicks: hot side, hot; cold side, cold. I didn't
1: like that because, for one thing, I don't like lettuce tomato. But uh-huh. there's also that. But also, didn't that double pollute? That's why. Yeah, they well, that was the Styrofoam nightmare. As the Styrofoam was. was great, though. <laughs> but, I mean, that of course it killed the earth. But they were awesome little containers, <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, Brutal Deluxe. That's what I was talking about. Uh, a year uh, released in 1990 on a single. Floppy disk, boat, if you can believe it, uh, developed by your favorite developer, the Bitmap Brothers. Now, before you go off on one of your dumb guy rants, let me go over some of the stuff that they did. Uh, Cadaver, they did uh, Gods, they did Magic P- Pockets. Of course, they did uh, the, uh, your favorite game, the old Chaos game. Oh, yeah. uh, they also did uh, Speedball 1, of course, and Xenon 1 and 2. So, it's just some pretty good games. No, they did a Chaos Engine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. Okay. I just didn't say Engine. Okay, I to just chaos. wanted. To, they didn't do Chaos. No. Okay. The, the spectrum. There is no. No, they didn't do that. I just want to make sure. Do I have to? I have to pronounce the whole name again? Well, maybe I'd forgotten. it. Um, published by Image Works. Always remember Image Works because of the opening of Xenon Two, because their the logo comes on with the helicopter sounds coming up, and then the music starts up. This game, no. What? You just make up music, don't you? No. So, uh, this game is a one- or two-player game. Uh, You've got uh, the designer of this, uh, Eric Matthews. He also designed gods. By the way, you're going to see striking similarities in the graphics of this, which I'll get to in a minute, but uh, to uh, Chaos Engine 1 and 2. Uh, Anyway, Eric Matthews designed gods, cadaver. He went on to design Z. Remember Z when it was out? And he did this... Yeah, just Z. It was like a horror game. No, I don't It was, This is not an Amiga game. It's going down the line. He kept okay. going. Okay. He also was behind the Sing Star games. Oh, they were very
0: successful, yeah.
1: Uh, I, the iToy games, which I've heard of those. Is that a PS... That's a, when the PS3 had a webcam. That's uh, the iToy. And then he also was... Behind, remember 24, the show? Yeah. He, he was designer 24, the show, the game. Okay. And he did a ton of stuff. I didn't write it all down, but he did a ton. Uh, the coder on this was Robert Trevelyan. Which we've heard his name uh, before. Uh, the additional coding from Mike Montgomery, who uh, worked on many of the same games. A lot of these people worked on the same stuff. Graphics Dan Malone, who worked on Chaos Engine, uh, one and two. As you can imagine, because this looks very similar to Chaos Engine. Uh, and the music on this, it's funny a lot. It's funny on the old show. We were like, boy, that uh, Richard Joseph. He did a great job of music, really. There's not a ton of music in this. Well, this one. is the,
0: this is the Amiga 101.
1: Right. Well, and number two, he didn't do the music. Oh. He did the musical coding and sound effects. From what I read, the music was done by a band called Nation 12. That sounds very. Now, very I looked uh, into Nation 12 because I knew you would say yeah. something, and I know you. So, Nation 12 was basically a guy named John Fox, who was the original lead singer for the band Ultravox, which I've actually heard of that. Band. I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, they anyway, might have
0: even been from Sheffield. I
1: anyway, think. he was inspired in the underground house and acid music scenes of Detroit and London, according to the wiki. That's my favorite and genre. They, and thus, Nation 12 was born in the early 90s. Uh, he released two 12-inch singles, Remember and Electro-Fear. <laughs> Electro-Fear. Cool, that should be a game. <laughs> they should have used that. The first was a collaboration with Tim uh, uh, Simonon. Simi, Siminon, I also saw that he had collaborated with uh, with Simon Rogers. I can't tell you how the that all worked. Well, it didn't work out. Anyway, they were best known for the Bomb the Bass project. or oh, yeah. Another uh, Big yeah. My Brothers thing, the, right? Yeah. They wrote the music for Speedball 2 and Gods you know, into the wonderful... Is that from the Gods? Yeah, that was Gods. The very be- What do you mean? You know, The beginning of Gods? I guess I never paused the listen. Oh, God. This there's, is why you didn't like God. It's the, the God's thing? Yeah, into the wonderful. It's it's right at the beginning when the game loads up. I you hate listen. God so much. You have probably never played it more than one time. No, that's true. Anyway, that's who that is. Uh, oh, get this. Fox also taught graphic arts and design course at Leeds Metropolitan University. So he's not some ham and egger. Yeah. You know, he's a he's of professor type. So that's who that's who Nation 12 was. I wanted to get in. Of course, uh 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 the uh, the box art, which is, we saw several different box art, so I can't confirm if this guy did one or both, but it's credited to a guy named Glenn Fabry. So there you go. Um, this is ECS-OCS, you can, and, and then we'll get into the CD32 version towards the end. Um, this got ported to, all oh, a million things. I couldn't believe how many ports this guy. I got. played most of these ports. Oh, great. So that's great. That's great news. So it got converted to the uh, the Acorn Archimedes. Mm-hmm. By the way, we were we were marking out back in uh, in that episode about the Archimedes. <laughs> too. Uh, the Atari Falcon. Did you know I did not port? play the Atari Falcon version. I just noticed that the <laughs> ST C sixty four. By the way, ST looks like it was the lead game yeah. uh, version. I think
0: all of the bitmap games all the way up until almost the very end were lead ported on ST uh, or lead developed.
1: C sixty four, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, mm-hmm. uh, PC, a Palm Top. Uh, The Sega Master System, the Mega Drive, uh, and the PC versions were even had EGA and VGA supports. There was a full Monty there, and there were a couple compilations, yada, yada. So, Boat, having not played this, I'm assuming, have you picked this up since we covered it way back in episode 42? Not before this week. Uh, And so, give us your initial thoughts as this game boots up with that cool arch in the background and the, and the uh, music kicks on. What did you think? Were you getting fired up? Um,
0: I was confused by the game options because you know <laughs> what? Most of the time it's like play a simple game, play it, play a season, but it's like your your options are knockout, league play, and like cup play. It's not confusing like
1: though. I can explain everything to you. Well, you okay, like. but could you explain it before you read the docs? Well, uh, yes because I, th- I, I own the game.
0: Okay. So, like, when you <laughs> see Knockout, you immediately know what they're talking about. Well, I mean, I
1: when I opened the box originally, maybe not. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, th- they assume you've got the docks. No, they don't. They assume you pirated the game. No, no, not these guys. They knew they were going to sell a ton. So, n- let's just get into the... Blah, 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 before you, the menu, blah, 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 the game comes on. Okay. That music yeah. hones in. Yeah. What did you think of that? It's good. Yeah, uh, The is. game is
0: very atmospheric. Uh, everything about the opening... To the when you start the game and the players line up and you hear the roar of the crowd, yeah. the sounds. I think the the overall kind of uh, feeling you get is it puts you in the arena in this in this futuristic sport.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the backstory for this is interesting, and then we'll get to the menus and stuff because the backstory is sort of spelled out as you sit there to watch the opening screen. This is not a game where they put a bunch of like fancy graphics on the screen or video. They don't do any of that stuff. They just put a picture. They just play some words, and they don't play. They don't give you the full story. So, if you'll recall, Speedball One was around, and, and this picks up after Speedball has the sport of Speedball has been banned for being too violent. Vote. Mm. don't you hate that when that I was happens? I was
0: banned for being too violent?
1: Really? No. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> this almost happened to UFC, by the way. So, so UFC could have been like this in a weird way. Well, well he was the
0: guy that said they'll either come out in a in a in a coffin or a handbag. I don't what know what
1: was that? That's a good line. I'm not thinking can hear. I always think about that with UFC. So anyway, uh, the sport went underground, okay. Oh, so this
0: is all th- this takes place yeah. in an underground speedball yeah. The
1: speedball league was founded in twenty ninety-five. It had to go underground in twenty one oh five, okay. And so, basically, since it went underground, it, like, got 50 million times more violent. Right. Okay? I mean, ultra violent. I was reading some support documents that they kind of, it's like, promo stuff they shipped out. And it was all about all, it was all records about how guys in the league, the big players, where are they now, these guys that have killed all these people. And it played up the violent uh, side of this game to the nines. These guys had the number of times this guy people been killed and mutilated, all the crazy, bizarre weapons and cheats they were using to kill each other. It's this game was built around the concept that this new speedball is super duper violent, ten times worse than the old one. Okay, that's the premise of the game. Okay, it sort of reminds me of the of the uh, remember when NFL Blitz lost a license. So it just became Blitz the League, right? And that, the whole gimmick of Blitz the League was now they were just they were just cheating, and the, mm-hmm. it was real nasty. It's sort yeah. of like that. I didn't like that game. I didn't I either. I thought it sucked. Yeah. So <laughs> they've dropped the ball on yeah. that, no pun intended. So uh, since it's called Brutal Deluxe, all right, why? Well, because that's the team you control, Brutal Deluxe. I think that's a stupid name. Let's Brutal Deluxe. Up. I think it's a. I think it fits the the uh, what they were shooting for here. You see, this is a game of sort of a cyberpunky future. You know? I just think brutal deluxe,
0: like deluxe, is just a weird word to use. Well, I don't know. Like they should I think have it's called okay. them like
1: the brutal squad. Well, or well, like I'm just saying. I think it's okay. It's. I mean, I know what you mean, but that's what your team is. So, uh, in this game, you and your team stinks. By the way, that's the. It's which is funny because you're brutal deluxe. I guess you get brutally killed the, the deluxe style. <laughs> so when you start the game up, you're given the options of uh, you've got. Knockout, you've got the uh, cup, uh, you've got uh, uh, I think tournaments one, and then you've also got practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, simple stuff, right? Uh, uh, the knockout is simply I uh, just go in there and play until you lose. That's right. all that is. Okay, uh, and then cup and tournament, whatever those other two options are, they, those are basically just tournaments. Uh, one is just longer than the other one, and then practice is exactly what you think it is. It's just practice. So. And really, uh, to, to get to the heart of the game, you sort of need to be able to play for a while, okay? The problem is you have to be able to play for a while, mm-hmm. and therein lies the, the, the problem with this. So let's talk about, before we get into the various modes, I mean, officially, let's talk about the layout, the meat of the game here. Boat mentioned it. Just as a, this is an arena, team arena game, uh, where you take a ball... And, and and at least uh, in, from, from the surface try to just put it in the opponent's goal this is ice hockey with you can use your hands well, it's, it's, hand, ice, it's it's handball well
0: yeah i don't i don't know that i don't know that i know the rules of handball well, but just, this is exactly the rules of ice hockey except you're you're throwing a tennis ball instead of shooting a
1: puck well but then unlike ice hockey though there's other ways to score I like tons of other ways and so that's what makes the game different oh that's a, one among the things that make it different so you've got your two squads of guys. Uh, and the squads are set up sort of, like you said, like a hockey uh, squad. You've got your defenders. You've got your like center guys. And you've got the wing guys. Then you've got your attack guys. Okay? And, uh, and you've got a goalie. Okay? And each one of these guys uh, have their own separate abilities, their ability scores. They take a certain amount of damage and what have you. And so... Uh, when you first start a round, the first thing you can do is go in the gym. You can spend a certain amount of money to crank up your abilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are tons of abilities in this. There's attack. There's uh, there's uh, speed. There's uh, 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 thunder thighs. There's throwing ability. Uh, there's aggression. Right, and each one of these, uh, each one of these areas that you uh, enhance. Will enhance that certain element of that particular that player. That particular player. You could also choose, for convenience' sake, to say, "Okay, I'm going to take everyone that's a defender, and I'm going to crank up their speed, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm going to take everyone that's a, that's an attacker, and I'm going to crank up their aggression." Mm-hmm. And so, which is so they've got a group so you could, for convenience' purposes, that makes it easier to upgrade your guys, mm-hmm. or you can go through them individually and say, "Okay, I want my goalie to have this, I want my uh, lineman to have this," uh, and. Once you have set up once you spent the amount of money you want to spend firing up your players, then it's time to put them in the arena and actually have the match. Mm-hmm. Uh the match, of course, you're talking with the Amiga here. We I played exclusively the uh the uh non-CD32 version. I didn't play the C D thirty two. I played one. the ECS OCS version yeah. most uh, of the time. Now uh, So, of course, you've got – Which, if you're watching live right now, this is not that. Yeah, this is – well, I was going to say there's the difference are skin deep on these Mm -hmm. two versions, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, um, when you start play, you line up on either side of the ball, the ball shoots up in the air, and then you go. All right, and that's what happens after every score, uh, goal score. Uh, You've got three button – I mean, you've got really three different types of throws Plus, like a, a maneuver you do, right? You've, Three different types of throws. Correct. If there, if you tap the button, it's a little throw. Right. If you hit the button, it's kind of a bigger throw. If you hold the button, it's a long throw. Uh, I didn't realize there were two like tap different tap. And throws. then there's also when you're on defense, you can do like a slide attack mm-hmm. when you, it, which like is a soccer s- slide. It is. Tackle. Which is yeah, that's exactly what it yeah. is. And then one of the guys gets up and complains he's crippled, mm-hmm. and they throw the yellow card. I'm crippled, but. Uh, um, the, this is basically how you play the game. Now, you move basically the closest guy, the ball. The I will say one of the things I, that struck me is kind of it's tough to get used to is how you're, how you're automatically switched to these certain players. Mm-hmm. You almost – initially when I started playing this, and I'd played this years ago. And I hadn't played it – I don't think I'd played it hardly at all since me and you did it. I had the tendency to slide all over the place. I didn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is the second you get the ball, you throw the you ball away like an ball. idiot. Yep. Okay. So you've got to trust the game to a certain uh, extent to get you active when the, when the play goes towards your next line of mm-hmm. defenders. It's mm-hmm. very much like hockey, yep. like you said. Uh, and that is, and then you'll take control of him and you can start the action up from right there. Now, uh, there are two big goals on either side that you could throw the, throw the speed ball through. That's how you get points. There's the arena's also got some additional stuff in it. Uh, you've got uh, two little loops built into the wall that you can roll the ball through mm-hmm. to increase your multiplier on scoring. You can also, uh, there's a hole on either side that you can throw like a Pac-Man hole. You throw it through one side, it comes out the other. And there are also stars that lined up on the wall. You've got stars and your opponents got stars. And when you, Hit those, you can get you'll get points for that. And there's also a couple like raised discs that can be in the middle of the field. One of them you hit and when the ball hits it, it comes back, it's it'll knock out the opposing mm-hmm. player. And one of them will just straight up give you like two points, I think it is when you hit it over and over, which seemed great in practice. But boy, mm-hmm. when you get into a real game, hitting that thing's no easy task. Yeah. So with all that said. Your thoughts on the on the rules and the way the game played, the sport, whatever you want to talk about. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I like. All right.
0: Okay, this game moves super fast. Okay, this is not TV sports basketball. This no. End. This is the That's antithesis true. of that. Yeah. Uh, which and the games move fast. The games are there's a timer that that ticks down, and the games are you can play a full game of this. I think in about three minutes. Really. I think it's they're nine.
1: It says here the 90-second ninety second Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, I like the fact that uh, the games just don't last forever. Yeah. Okay. Because when you start this game, it's going to be difficult to win right away if you're yeah. playing a computer opponent. Um, the th- I, li- I think the graphics are good. I think that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're colorful, even the ECS-OCS version. Yeah. Uh, it's futuristic, so you're not going to expect everything to be super bright colors, but it's not all brown. I much preferred the color scheme here that I did to
1: another Bitmap game. It's almost like a battleship or yeah. something kind of color. Yeah, yeah. it's like military, a lot of battleships. It's like a bulkhead gray. look, and yeah. there's lots of bolts and stuff sticking out of the floors, so it looks right. like there was like a out of steel or right, something. Right, Exactly.
0: Yeah. I thought that aside from the kind of things that you talked about, where sometimes there are issues when you're switching between players, or when you get the ball, you'll you'll fire the ball off when you don't mean to. Yeah, these are things that are true, but you can get better at them.
1: Yes, that's and, and,
0: I agree. And one of the things that frustrates me is when there's something that's difficult and you try to get better at it, and you can't feel yourself getting better. I felt myself getting better as I moved through the week this week with this game, which is which is important. Hmm. Um, now. What I don't like about this game is that at times the action is just—it it almost seems like it's too frantic. I sometimes I feel like this game would be better served if you could slow the speed down about ten percent. It has almost—it's a little—it's not as bad as Kickoff Two. Right. But we're getting there. Yeah, we're yeah. getting there. Um, I love the fact that there are these things. There are other things you can do with the ball besides um, besides score goals. Yeah. The ramp, the stars, and things like that. However, because the action is so frantic, it's very difficult for you to form any kind of strategy where you're going to try and do these things. Whenever I did the, 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 the ramp or the stars, it was always by accident because I was always driving towards the goal. And the problem is, is the way that scoring works in this game, you get like, I don't know, like 20 points when you score a goal. Do you know, do you know how the do you have the scoring on your on your notes? I don't it's think I had the individual. Let it's me see something here. like that. But when you hit a star, you only get, like, two points. Okay, yeah, I see where it says there are five stars yeah, two points apiece. So the, it, the stars are worth almost nothing... And you can waste, I mean, if you give up a goal just to hit a star, that's not good. That's not a good strategy. So I almost wish that the extra things that you could do may be worth half as much as a goal. So you could kind of, you could make it sort of a different strategy other than scoring goals. And you could have competing strategies where one person was trying to score goals to win. Another person was trying to hit stars to win. It's neat to have multiple paths to victory. And I feel like the game could have done a better job with that. Yeah.
1: This game, it's funny. when I listened to our old review in episode 42, and, and my opinion changed a little bit from them, but not a, a whole lot. My biggest problem with this game is that is I wish that you had more screen space. Yeah. Because it's hard to complete passes. Or have any idea of formations or a strategy going on the court? Let's be honest. Whenever you're passing, 90% of the time that
0: you pass, it's a it's a blind pass yeah. and you hope there's a guy. You're
1: there. hoping you can get a guy there and you can hit the button and jump right. up and get the ball. Right. And, and you, mentioned, you mentioned TV sports basketball. I'll use that as an example. Yes, a much slower game, but... When you cross the center line and you're and now it's your you've got the ball and you're driving, you could actually set picks. Yeah, you could set up plays. You could see where your p- other players are. Yes. Another problem I had on this was that you never necessarily know where you're at on the on the field because it all sort of looks the same. Mm-hmm. And so you get to the point where you're like, I wish I was like they had like a little radar or something on the side of the screen so you could at least say, okay, you're at the bottom of the. Of the court, you're at the top of the court. I can never tell like how close I was to my own goal. You have the time. Mm-hmm. Now I did get it. I've got better at well, it. You can see, see that we, you you do have yard markings. Yeah, but this, I, so right? it, the thing is that things are moving so fast. There's guys on them. You just I couldn't go by that. I would like to have some kind of physical. I wish the screen was just bigger. Mm-hmm. We mentioned when we covered this the first time. The how cool it would be to have. This played on like a vertical monitor, and right. it would that would be awesome. You know, what like I, awesome. I, what comes to mind is something like a cyber ball, where like you don't see the entire field, but you see a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. That would be great, yeah. You better have that kind of action on this because the, this was almost claustrophobic, it's just this close to being claustrophobic. It's not too bad, but like it's getting there, right. and that's and it shouldn't be right, it should be bigger. Uh, something else that you'll do as you go through the game is you'll get power-ups. There'll be power-ups on there, better armor, faster. stuff. Some stuff will help you. Some stuff will hurt you. Some stuff freezes your opponent. The stuff is so small, and, and, and I didn't play this. I played this on uh, multiple TVs, including my big one, mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, I can't see what I'm doing here. That stuff was so small, and you would come across it, so quickly, with so much chaos going on, you can't tell what's happening. Right. You could steer towards something. Okay, that looks like a chest plate. Mm-hmm. But you might get there. You also might give up the goal. Right. Which I, there but I, but around. I mean, that's that's sort
0: of the press your luck component. Of
1: this well, thing. but I, I but I mean, often, sometimes you can go do that. But often, you would just run across
0: stuff. Right. You know, that, like most that. of the time, you run across stuff without meaning to get in in the first place. I do not like the stat system in this game. I think it's overly con- complicated for what it is. It's it, it it's very very thorough. Yeah, and for a game that uh, play that's plays, this is a reflective game. I mean, you have to have. A, lightning quick reflexes to play this game well. This is not a game where I think you can truly tell the difference between whether you have a lot of these upgrades or not. Now, maybe if you're a superstar at this game and you win 50 or 60 games in a row and you can max out certain things, you can tell a difference but like i i won I actually won a game, and then I went and I upgraded my guys
1: again, and I could not tell a difference between two upgrades and one upgrade i it's funny i I played this a lot this week every spare moment I had to get back get back into the flow of it, you know, and I would play and play and just get crushed, and unlike what you said early on, I didn't think I was getting any better. Mm. I just thought, I was like, man, this is frustrating. I remember I bought this game years ago. I bought it at the store Mm -hmm. and brought it home, and I never really enjoyed it all that much because I was no good at it. Mm -hmm. And also, this is another game, uh, which is better with two players. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, uh, this week, it took me... I was like, man, I may have to go in there and badmouth Speedball 2 when we review this thing because I was really getting frustrated. And then something clicked where I started getting better at it, okay? But to what you said, I would always upgrade all my guys before I went into my first game playing Knockout. And so one time I thought, you know, I'm not going to upgrade any of my guys. I'm going to keep my money and buy one of these high-priced players. Because Mm -hmm. as you go through the game, you have the ability to replace your geeks with, like, named guys, right, real guys, stars. And so I I didn't spend any money. That was the first game I went out, and I crushed the opponent and won without Mm -hmm. touching any of my stats. Then I bought the best guy I could. Upgraded my whole team. I went out and got murdered. Yeah. You know? I just don't think,
0: I, I. this is my personal opinion, I don't think that the stats matter that much. And it gets in the way of enjoying the game. What I would have rather had is uh, get rid of the stats completely and use your money to buy better players. And look at the stats of the better players. Have a draft, or you know, have a, something like that. That to me makes more sense. And you need to make a bigger deal about who, what players, are who. Like you see little, like you know, little letters appear over the guys' names or something like that. But it's like when you have a star player, you need to make him like make his helmet a different color or something like that, so you can try and get the ball to him if he's like your your best scorer or something like that.
1: Well, I think the stats do matter. Well, I don't agree with you there, but I think I think you have to. Like, for example, I found a hint guide to help me mold a team, okay? Okay. Because I clearly, I didn't know what I was doing. And the things they suggested made sense. Give your goalie high intelligence and uh, give him a good throwing arm and give your attackers a lot of aggression and strength. Makes sense. I pretty much followed the guide, okay? When I played, I didn't do any better, but I could tell the difference. I could tell the difference. And so I think the stat angle, plus you're getting money, To go to the gym and not only purchase new guys, but also upgrade your team, heal them, and that sort of thing. And I think, I think that gives this game, um, I'm not going to say it's artificial depth, but I think it gives it depth that you wouldn't expect. They could have shipped this without that. right, sure. But... That was, I think that's some value they added into it. And for people that are in the stat stuff like that, plus it does give you a basis for the game because that's where your money's going,
0: you know. To, to me, I, I am somebody that's firmly on, and, and when it comes to sports games, I'm firmly on the side of the arcade action. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get in and I want to start playing. Yeah. I would have rather seen them take the development time, take out all the stat stuff and make a full slate of teams that you can choose from, each with different strengths and weaknesses. So instead of wasting your time trying to figure out this stat system that you're not even sure if it works or not, to build a defensive-oriented you know, team, maybe just play as the defensive-oriented team, You know, the, the Dallas Mavericks of the, of the speedball world.
1: You want Cyberball 2097 is yeah. what you want, yeah. whether teams that are offensive, defensive, right. or well-balanced, That is a, but that's an arcade level of strategy. This is a home computer level. Sure.
0: And I'm just saying, and that's why I'm saying,
1: that's why, you know,
0: if obviously there's tons and tons of people that like this game. Yeah. I'm after something different. Well,
1: I do like, in fact, the more I played it this week, this is probably the most in love I've ever been with the game because I had to sit down and really play with it. And some of the things the manual talks about, you can't even get into until you're like, it talks about killing your opponent, right? Not easy. Not, and so it's tough and so that's not even really an angle I used early on because you can't you've got to get you've got to become uh, better at what you're doing you've got to have guys like if, for example if you have guys aggression set up real high those guys but when you're not controlling them they'll just go out and beat the crap out of the other team members the other players you know that, that's kind of cool I like that I like the fact that they bake that in there but it's going to take more time than a week. To come to grips with how the system works. And here's the thing:
0: for all the ink that is spilled in this manual about how incredibly, incredibly violent this game is, this game's not that incredibly violent. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I, it's sort of if you if you're buying this, thinking you're going to play some sort of gory game from the future, you're going to be disappointed. It's funny
1: you mentioned that on the the 42nd show as well. The exact same thing, and it is. It's I'd mentioned the promotional material I read, but all these guys. Named all these guys that killed all these people, and one guy that had all of his arms and legs ripped off. Just all this person, but really, you're right. That doesn't translate to what you're seeing on the screen. It's not nearly as as graphically violent as you would think it would be. I mean, this is about as graphically violent as any soccer game. Yeah, it's 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 not very. Uh, it doesn't match what you're reading. Now, I like the background and stuff to this. Mm-hmm. I like what I wouldn't have even bothered to even add. That. I mean, I guess you got to kind of have to. Maybe they just did what they thought they could get away with you know, for censorship reasons. I don't think that's the case. You know, at I don't. All. But I mean, it's, uh, it's it is funny how graphic the descriptions and stuff are. Mm-hmm. And even when someone dies, it's not like they're ripped well, in half and, and, and I, their blood squirts up in the air. This you know? is
0: what I think. I think that they knew that the magazine review guys were going to be reading the docs in some cases more than they were playing the game, and they figured they would write that into the review, which would excite the adolescent audience of this
1: game. Well. I think, I mean, listen, th- we've played some of these uh, kind of sport arena games. Mm-hmm. We've played a bunch of them on various systems. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the best ones. I will say this is oh, futuristic yeah. sports. This is, I mean, don't get me For wrong. For a home computer. This
0: is the best futuristic sports game on the Amiga.
1: I mean, if I was going to play... Uh, something like this. I will say, I also like that, I like Brutal Football when we played that. I'll have to go back and play that again. And, but I I mean, listen, I mean, do I like to say better than like Cyberball? I like it better than Cyberball on the Amiga, but right. in terms of a game, I like a game like Cyberball better because I can see more of what's going on. I would, and you know, it's, there have been multiple revamps of this game over the years. In fact, I was, there's one on Steam now, and I thought to myself, you know, at some point in the future, you may have to see if this is any good, because if they made certain small changes to these. Mm-hmm. You could have something that's really awesome, because I will say, and we know this from having done it, this game, uh, much like Kickstart 2 and Sensible Soccer, everything else, is way more fun with two people. Yes. We had yes. a lot of fun playing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And that's where that sort of frenetic, super speedy pace mm-hmm. makes it kind of fun. You're laughing, yeah. you're having a good time. You're having a good time. You know, and so that makes it a lot more fun. Uh, So as a two-player game, I enjoyed a lot more. But as a one-player game, unlike yourself, I think the strategy elements add to the game. Now, it does take you out of the action, right? I mean, there's going to be a time. I sat there after you get killed three or four times in a row and you're on your fifth game, you oh, I'm back in the gym. Here we go again. Mm -hmm. At that point, you're just hitting upgrade all. and You don't think about it. You just kind of go out there and do your best. And if you don't sit there and learn the subtleties of the statistics, you're not gonna you're gonna have as good a team, mm-hmm. and that, that's the way it is. Uh, I should mention that the other uh, options in the menu are to uh, play tournaments uh, uh, and cups. Uh, the and you, it's just you in in round robin tournaments against all the other teams. I think there's I think there's 15 other teams I believe in the league. Uh, there's ton, there are a lot of uh, players you can buy. That aspect's cool. Like I said, they they added depth to a game that could have been very shallow, which I appreciated. Um, uh, I still like the game. I'm I'm not burying the game, uh, but it's it's got some fundamental issues that I wish that could have been addressed. Well,
0: speaking of the other versions of this game, Aaron, yeah, I I had a chance to play what I believe to be almost every other version. Oh, good, yes, give us the shoot. This is a game that surprisingly translates very well to almost every platform. Mm. I was expecting, I was not expecting good things from say the Game Boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that one. <laughs> The Game Boy and the C sixty four primitive systems, though they are, especially C sixty four, it is uh, the the game plays just as fast as it does on the Amiga. Oh yeah, is the color palette there? No, especially not on the Game Boy, of course. But I mean, this the the, the yeah. spirit of the game is intact. Uh, yeah. The speed of the game is there. Um, the sound of the game is not there on the other versions. The Amiga trumps everything in terms of it's the only version that has the ice cream, it's the only version that has the crowd noise. Even the the Genesis version does not have that. The ST version does not have that. The Genesis version was actually, I I believe it was a straight port of the ST version. Mm. Uh the game plays a little bit slower on the Genesis. Which can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your your perspective. But the sound effects are just the dirt worst. They're yeah. the dirt worst.
1: It's funny, though, for a game that's, uh, this is get Nation 12 to the music, right? Really, you've got that, you don't have a whole lot of music in this game. You know, it's your classic, this is the title track, you know, yeah. listen to it and enjoy it and then never hear it And there's it little ditties in there, yeah. you know, but there's nothing, you know, when you win and, or lose. Um,
0: and so, uh, the, the, the version that is probably the worst is the Game Boy Advance version.
1: Really? Okay. Well, how did they botch that up to, to get well, the Game Boy right?
0: Okay, I want you to picture, take a, you know take a Game boy size screen and overlay it on top of this screen, and yeah. that's how much play field you see. Oh, geez. They didn't, so con- it's, they didn't it's rescale ultra, it? No, it's ultra wide. You know, it's wide and not yeah. tall, and you see even less. So you that's, know, you that's know that's what would have been it.
1: great? A, a DS version of yeah. this. Now, that, you got something right. there. That would Absolutely. not be nice. Yeah. So, uh, But I enjoyed
0: playing all these different versions. Yeah. It was interesting to see, and, and none of the versions were bad. Yeah. None of the versions were
1: bad. The uh, You can see, if you're watching at home, I've put up the comparison between the AGA and the non-AGA versions of this. Um, I read. It's funny. I looked on uh, Lemon to see what people thought about this game. A lot of people hate the AGA version of it.
0: Well, it's a, it's another. It's your classic AGA Here we missed go. opportunity.
1: Here we go. I mean, you take
0: the most disappointing chipset that's ever been devised, and you throw a speedball on it, and that's what you get.
1: Well, I think they didn't like the they the they retweet graphics with the enhanced colors. They didn't they didn't like the color change. It is
0: more garish.
1: I mean, I will look well, at that. It is. It's but I mean. I think people got used to for one thing. This is one game where muted color sort of works, absolutely, because yes. of the you know of, yeah. of what's going on and the the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing I didn't like. I went through and listened to the. We were talking about the lack of sound. The 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 CD32 has music, uh, but it's I it, they they got rid of the title track and they also it doesn't have the ice cream vendor. What are which, we doing? What the heck was that? Man. How do you get rid of with that right, guy? Right. You know, he's super the most famous. iconic thing from the game. Yeah, so it it's funny that uh, you know, but I think it looks okay. You know, I, I really,
0: but, but I mean, yeah. it, I mean, I'll take uh, no, I'm I'm different, but I'll take the CD32 version over the ACS or ECS OCS because I like color. You know, yeah. it, more colors the better. But, but can, I can understand the complaint, and and this is a game like you said where the muted colors don't take anything away because of
1: the theme. What I would like to have seen, I mean, and I, you're not going to get this, we, and we both know why, but. I would like if you're going to do a version this for EGA, What about how about giving us a higher res where we could have a more
2: play right, field? Which of right. course you're not going to
1: do it no. because no one was doing anything like that. No. They did the it was the quickest thing they could get out the door mm-hmm. uh, to uh, release. But you know I will say this: uh, if you have a CD32, you, you could get this. Okay, but if you don't, don't feel like man I'm missing out right. because you're not. Right, uh, it's not a whole lot different uh visually and i I didn't read any i didn't read there was any differences in any way except for the visuals and the audio so there you go do we get any discord action on this one mr bode let me
0: see i think we did get a couple reviews in the old discord um let's see we're going to start things off with alien breeder alien breeder says speedball 2 has a strong spot in my heart it was one of those games that did a few things It was amazing. One, it was amazing looking for the time. The detailed graphics and sound were fantastic and unlike anything out at the time. Two, it was one of those, oh yeah, find something that looks like this on your NES games. Number three, it was actually a good game. Now I must admit... (laughs) Interesting criteria. I must admit my version of Speedball 2 was a liberated copy. So my friends and I had no instructions, so we had no clue what to do in all the menus. So we missed out on a lot, but we definitely had fun. Years later, when emulation became easier, this was one of the first games I fired up, and it was still as great as I remember. Overall, I give this an 8.5. For me, the CD32 version is my favorite. Despite not having the ice cream shoutouts, I like the gold ball and coins, as well as the more varied colors on the gaming field. I wish they had really taken advantage of AGA graphics and the extra storage to do more, as most of it is still the OCS ECS graphics. Lord Soup writes, Replay Ice Cream 9 out of 10. Barkbit writes, <laughs> "That was quick. Together with Cincy, one of the few sports games I enjoy. The fluid gameplay, the graphics, the sounds—it all comes together very well. Of course, it's better with a buddy, but the one-player game is all right to eight out of ten.
1: You like this better than Cincy, or less? Less. I do too. I like. I would have thought that I like the plot and stuff a lot, and I like everything about it except the. But the Cincy, you can actually control your guys, and you see it. so much more of the field. Yeah, you could do a lot more in yeah. Cincy than you can in this."
0: David Hearn Ryder writes, Speedball 2 is brutal fun. Bashing other players is encouraged, and while I enjoyed it more for an instant hit, there was a league to play through if you wanted. I kept coming back to it. The graphics and sound were tops, and the little shortcuts gave it an extra dimension. It was rugby league on crack, and it was beautiful. I read it 9 out of 10 elbows to the jaw. Very good. Pajako6502 writes, it's been a while and I was looking forward to it. However, I found the controls a little clunky and it difficult to get back into easily. A larger play field and more players make it difficult to know where your teammates are. And for a game where passing is important, lobbing the ball and hoping for the best is trying at times. I would often run past the ball and fail to pick it up. Okay, I suck, but it was annoying. Yeah, Smaller, smaller goals make scoring harder than speedball. Uh, I guess Speedball won, and I found the only reliable yeah. way to score was to take out the goalie and throw the ball in at close range. The game has some nice additions with player upgrades and extra ways of scoring. Graphics and sound nicely slow, show off the Amiga's capabilities. I do actually prefer the music for the first game, though. It wasn't quite the game I remember, but I still had fun and swore a lot. 8 out of 10. <laughs> and finally, Batman writes... I remember picking up my Amiga 600 in 1992. Yes, I was its fan, and Speedball 2 was my first game for it all, and I remember playing the living daylights out of it. An absolute treat to the eyes and ears. A fantastically addictive game that still holds up to this day. Just avoid that dodgy PlayStation reboot, 9 out of 10.
1: I uh, played that reboot, by the way. It was not good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he mentioned something there. Uh, about running past the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean that's part of it. And also you mentioned about getting the ball in the goal. Yeah. Yes, knocking out the goalie. It is satisfying. The one thing you can do in this is when you've got you when you're down at the goal, you can sort of work the ball around mm-hmm. and you can slip it past them. Yeah. Uh, but often, listen. The, for every one time I did that, I scored myself ten times. Mm-hmm. Something else that irritated me is like you would accidentally skip stuff. Happened too quick. You'd skip replays. Yep. you'd skip accidentally skip all that stuff, and you would just like it's yeah that's because depressing. You're, you're
0: you're so used to just firing that button yeah. as fast as you can. Yeah. yeah, Um
1: I did look this up to uh, see how it scored. It did very well, as you can imagine. Uh, the uh, Lemon reviews on the uh, um, the disc version is eight point seven seven. CD- The 32 version scored an 8.22 with the folks, so it went down. Uh, The disc version was quite popular. Uh, It was rated high in the 90s by pretty much every magazine, uh, and its cumulative score was a 91. Uh, It also got tons and tons and tons and tons of praise. Uh, It was named uh, at various times. It's been in the top three or four of the best games of all time in Amiga Power. It won the old Golden Joystick Award. Uh, which you got, we got to have Observe. that. Best soundtrack, by the way. That's kind of... I mean, if you think about this game, 1991.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alien Breeder's right. I mean, this is, of course, before the launch of the Super Nintendo. The Mega Drive was still sort of getting its feet. There was nothing this that looked this good and played this fast as far as a sports game on pretty much any system. So I can see this would definitely be one of those titles that, that you could show off to people and, and, and say, listen, this is the power of the Amiga.
1: By the way, if you're interested in trying any of the, uh, the new versions, uh, there's a, there was a Speedball 2100 on the PlayStation, horrible. I can tell you that right now. I did play that on stream once. Uh, there's a Speedball 2 Brutal X 2007 that was released on the Xbox Live Arcade Speedball 2 Tournament, which I believe is still on Steam. That's what I'm going to check out. I haven't heard anything about it. And 2011 Speedball 2 Evolution was an iOS and Mac game. You okay. can look into that boat. Yeah. Uh, Speedball 2 HD uh, for the PC was released. This was uh, developed by Vivid Games and directed by John Hare. We know him. This Mm -hmm. is in 2013 on Steam. So there may be two on Steam right now uh, ready to go if you feel froggy. If they've got online massive multiplayer play, as in you get to play 16 people at once or whatever, sign me up. Now that would be fun. That would be awesome. That would would be 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 a good time. Uh, I'll look at some on eBay. It's funny when I... (laughs) I looked this up on eBay on in the last episode, and I had the exact same experience this time around. The pricing on this is really all over the map. Hmm. I've seen uh, I saw a complete box set of this sell for nine bucks. I saw the disc selling between 10 and 20 bucks a wow. couple of times. Uh, I saw a complete in box sell for 54 bucks. And if you want the CD32 version, your, good luck because the two people I saw selling them, there were none sold, but they were selling them for $115 and $250 dollar dollar Mm. bill vote so there you go any final thoughts on the old speedball too how did did, what do you think between now and when we did it last oh anything change for you
0: yeah i got a lot less hair
1: (laughs) well to be fair you cut the hair i don't think you were gonna lose it It all didn't get cut uh this
0: is i mean this is this is one of the great titles for the amiga without question despite its flaws this is if you if you have twenty games that you want to show off. Why was the Amiga popular? This is one of those ones. This
1: games. is the one you break out at the party. Yep, it's got all the little touches I like, including the stuff in the crowd. Even when the ball flies up at the beginning, you can see the initials mm-hmm. of the game on the ball mm-hmm. when it, it's its apex. Yep. there are a lot of little touches. I just wish they would have. There's a few things I would have done differently. Mostly, my biggest problem is just the perspective. Mm-hmm. You need a wider perspective. Hopefully, the new versions do that. What the hey. HD? Yeah. Mm, yeah. That might work, There boat. you go. All right, Aaron, let's head on over to the YouTube channel and see what's been going on over there. All right, Boaster. So, we'll start off with myself and the Brent, as we always do. This time, I'll have to say, uh, Boat, this is a Hermski joint this week. When we look at the Acetronics MPU-1000, all mm. right. Everyone loves that one. Yeah. This was another fun one because it was neat to go down into the mystery hole to try to figure out what the heck this thing was. And it turns out this was uh, this thing had about a million names, and it was the processor was in about a million different things. You know, I I want to talk a little bit about this. Did you hear this, this one? Of course. Oh, I, I, every I don't week, know. Man. I don't know. Um,
0: you you and Brent had an interesting discussion about your your thoughts on the multiple variations on the same card.
1: Oh yeah, Brent went bananas on that,
0: and I. I... That idiot. I think that I'm on board with you. Oh, duh! Because if you, like, if this was your only game, say Space Invaders was your only game for the 2600. Yeah. If you have those different variations, you're not going to think, oh man, some of these variations are kind of cheap and useless. You're going to think, hey, this is
1: something else I can do with this game. Well, to to fill people that didn't listen to it yet, or haven't, or aren't going to, we had a discussion about game variations on the same cart, I.e. Atari 2600 having like 101 variations of of uh, asteroids, of space invaders. And my, Brent is talking about how much he hated that, which I've never heard anyone be that dumb. But part of it, <laughs> well, that's true, because that's not true, because I've worked with Brent for years. But the fact of the matter is, if you weren't there, I don't think you could fully understand how appreciative you are of these. It made stuff like, something simple like space invaders so much more fun. You've got... You've got uh, shields, no shields, invisible invaders, flashing invaders, mm-hmm. fast, slow, blah, blah, blah. all this stuff. It gave it gave the game a lot more appeal because there's a lot more longevity to it. And a lot this, more replay value. This streams from those original Pong systems where mm-hmm. they did basically the same thing. Right. You want one paddle, two paddles, two balls. The paddles are slow. The ball is slow. Mm-hmm. It seems, I know it maybe gets redundant or a pain in the butt to flip through all the selects. But, I mean, I don't think people like Brent. I mean, even dumb people know that he's an idiot. That was just a stupid statement. I, I couldn't believe I was having this conversation. <laughs> so, thank God you're on my side. I'm good on your Lord. side on this one. Anyway, check it out. Uh, that was the MPU 1000. Hermsky got double dip this because we got another one of his coming up this week, uh, Boat. So, that should be a lot of fun. So, that's ARG Presents. Join us every Sunday 10 a.m. We have a good time Absolutely. Uh, over there, Boat. Oh, man. Here we go, Boat ask the amigos i couldn't believe you picked this as the 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 as the title line here did you ever get better at flashing when it's clearly the title should have been about beer beer bear baiting it's hard to say i I wasn't even sure where you were going with that i thought you'd lost your mind a good chunk of the show was devoted to our conversation about baiting bears and i thought that was i I think that that might have been flagged by youtube what what you can't talk? What that's a taboo subject to beta bear. I'm not for it. I'm against it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm rooting for the bear. What did you think of this one?
0: It, well, you're gonna have to watch and find out for yourself. You don't remember I, anything I about remember, it, do no, you? I
1: was highly inebriated. What is? No, you weren't. You weren't drunk at all. <laughs> that's you're complaining about the hair, the memories, what goes. Hey, Listen, true. I had a great time on this ass. It's so much better when we're together to yeah. do this stuff. Yeah. And this Especially was with Nikki one.
0: Boom right behind us. Yeah. Nothing livens up the conversation like that scary, you know, theoretically, character.
1: We could, character. We probably could have changed that. <laughs> I thought about that as I went back. I was like, well, yeah, what the heck? But yeah, we had a good time on this one, Bo. I always enjoy these. So Ask the Amiga. Check this out. By the way, it's uh, it, you can also do it in podcast form. Yeah. Uh, since some people are asking about that. Okay. Next on the docket here. Oh, man. This is all you, the boat. What do you got
0: here? So, Aaron, as we know, it is now the month of March, and that means Marchintosh, uh, the mm-hmm. yearly celebration of your mm-hmm. favorite platform, mm-hmm. the Macintosh. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what's your favorite story of working on a Mac back in the day when
1: you were working for the man in Charleston? Well, the fa- my favorite story is when I caught up the purse and said, listen, pick this thing up. I ain't touching it. Get it out. <laughs> I'm not taking out 4 million microscopic screws. Forget about it. Well, for those of you that enjoy a bit
0: of classic Mac action... Uh, and you don't have an old machine laying around. you might want to check out the emulation solution for the Macintosh and it's not quite as easy as it is on the Amiga or other platforms, but it's not insurmountably difficult either. I take you through on this video. Uh, in less than 10 minutes I take you from nothing to a fully functional Mac OS 8.1 setup. It's OS 8.1 because that's the last version of Mac OS to run on the 68k chipset. Mm. So this is this is basically emulating a very powerful Quadra machine which is one of the the the, the last 68k tower very expensive these days on eBay. The old oh, yeah? Orders, yeah. So, uh, if you want to fire up, and I fire up OIDs, that was sort of the, the, the genesis of this was yeah, trying to play. Yeah, tell that story. Yeah, trying to play. <laughs> I went through so much rigmarole on the physical Mac trying to get OIDs running. That I was like, there has to be a better Here, way.
1: Here's my question. Harder to run OIDs on this Mac or on the ST? <laughs> because <laughs> well, that was no easy feat either. Hit this. Hold this button. Right. <laughs> now use your big toe to hit this. Wait 10 seconds. <laughs> if it starts flashing, it's okay. Just let Ride. Yeah, no
0: kidding.
1: <laughs> I listen, I'm all for Mac emulation. Anything that gets rid of the physical Mac, I'm okay with. There you out. go.
0: So happy Marchintosh, everyone. You mean, all right, Aaron, mo- moving on. <laughs> so stupid.
1: <laughs> what happened? To, remember the Tandy one? Did anybody celebrate Tandy this year? I, don't I did. I celebrate Tandy all year round. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Next on the docket here, holy smokes. I, I think we were, both, we were both on board with we this. We're one. both in a room. When everyone's favorite, uh, almost like a kind of a nutty uncle, that's what he reminds me of. <laughs>
0: is that is that what he reminds me of? Good old Jack Flack. There's the Chris Edwards board behind him, Yeah, too. he's got,
1: everybody's got one of those. Yeah. We've got this wacky <laughs> thing. But uh, the Flaxter was in a rare form uh, this time around when he cranked up a little space taxi boat. Now, we both like space taxi, I love
0: space taxi.
1: Now, this was the original uh, wacky taxi. Uh, Taxi gimmick. Let me let me rephrase that. I love Space Taxi on the C64.
0: Yeah.
2: Space
1: Taxi on the Amiga, no good. I thought it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't the best. But Space Taxi, you can't beat the original. Of course, we liked UGG. dude. Everybody hated That's that. true. Didn't they get voted like worst game? People are weird. How come everyone loves Space Taxi? But ugg has got tons more depth yeah, than Space it's Taxi. It's way better. But all that said. Uh, this was the Flax, they're playing a little space taxi. I believe space taxi will be the next subject of Sprite Castle. Oh, I that can't comes wait out, that. If I'm not mistaken, Flack, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And then he took it to the next level boat as one must do. Well, first he showed a crazy demo, uh, here. It's an arcade demo. I can't recall the fellow's name that made this. It's pretty good. Look at that. But then it was time for, yeah, 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 yeah. A little offspring mm-hmm. uh, and some crazy taxi. On the GameCube, on the Wii. By the way, it was a tr- yeah. what? <laughs> he, he, on the GameCube, on the Wii. Yeah, he, it's a, it's the GameCube version of Space Tax or Space Taxi, <laughs> Crazy Taxi that he played with the GameCube emulation or whatever you call it, Dolphin simulation. No, on the Wii, on the Wii. You know, the Wii plays GameCube games. I always forget that it does. Yeah, yeah, because why would you? There's nothing real to play. But now I'm gonna get buried by all the GameCube people. Sorry, the GameCube didn't. It was okay. Yeah. But I mean, come on. It's not Dreamcast. Anyway, he plays a little uh, crazy taxi, which I played this in the Dreamcast big time, I'm on, mm-hmm, and too. on the that's, Xbox, that's where I played this mostly on the Dreamcast. You know what? Is, you know, going back to this game, I mean, it's sort of a fun game, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's you can't really do that well at it, can you? Does, have you ever got anything above a class C license? No. No, it's one of those games, but you play it for 10 or
0: 15 minutes and you have a good time, then you put it away. Yeah, it's, you get the music going, because mm-hmm, yeah. you know, I know you love and The I,
1: Offspring. Well, I turn the music off. Boy, you're the but, only
0: one. Um, But I love the fact that there's real-world stuff. There's like KFC and stuff like they that. They took
1: that out of some of the later releases. Yeah, which yeah but was, I, I love all that stuff. Yeah, I did too. It's funny, and, and, and that's in-game advertised. That's the kind we like, mm-hmm, like realistic, mm-hmm. like pole position. So anyway, check that out. That was the old Sprite Castle place, the Flaxter. Uh, coming out, so, by the way, we should also plug, uh, we didn't plug it last week, uh, his arcade show dropped, I believe it dropped this week, yeah, Cactus, Cactus Flag. Uh We talked about it before the show, which was uh, Karachi, which I think he streamed last week. Good show. Really yeah, enjoyed that. Very good. And also his stories about how he obtained it and all the stuff he found out about it. It's a secret. Last... And certainly not least, oh my, I just, I'm just seeing what this is for the first Frodo's time. Frodo's a man after my own heart with this. Video. Holy smokes. Look modern, at that shirt too. <laughs> old school. He's the yeah. only one that's got one of those. Me and Frodo. Oh, I got I to gotta look at this. Modern homebrew for the NES. Mm-hmm. Gutsy. gutsy. Well, listen,
0: after you get done watching Flax C64 stream and you want to check out a real gaming platform, you might want to skip this video. <laughs> Wait a minute, aren't you the big... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Modern homebrew games on the nest Not Listen, looking so good. Only
1: only Frodo has the patience to devote four hours to Not this. Not looking so good. Only Frodo can lay down and say, you know, I'm going to do it four hours of my life to modern
0: NES homebrew. It brew. might be possible that the C64 homebrew scene a little bit better developed. Than Holy... The, s- what What is going on here? <laughs>
1: Have you tried
0: any of these? No, shows? no. I was excited until you started showing them. Then I became less so.
1: <laughs> Remember that MPU one thousand show <laughs> I just did? Clearly, these games are derived right. from this. <laughs> he gave a lot of time to that tapeworm game. Well, I mean, who would listen? I don't, we don't want to judge, but <laughs> you need to go watch this to just to go and uh, just give Frodo some money. Let it something. wash over you. Send him. Send him something. Yeah. Good job, Frodo. You are. I wish I was half that patient. I can't even get over that four hours of this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'd like to watch this just for the comedy value of it, Boat. That's all we've got there, Boat. Uh, another wacky week uh, of, of video entertainment. You got anything else for in the uh, up site update yeah, yeah, zone? Uh, Pixel
0: Guide In released a new episode. They and did it just dropped. Last I heard. Week. it. I did hear that. So you can check out. It's a uh, t- Tim is uh, talking about. It. It's Tim. Tim has his own corner. There's some Amiga talk in there. Tea time. Tea time with Tim. Yeah. And uh, so make sure you check out uh, Cody and Eric and Tim. You can find that on the Pixel Guide In podcast feed or the Amigos Retro Gaming Network uh, podcast feed, where you get all our shows.
1: You know, I listened to that show this week. Mm-hmm. As In fact, I, I sent you a message about their quiz. Mm-hmm. I've already sent them a message about the quiz because I was killing this quiz. And But there were some, some of the questions they asked that they didn't even know the exact answer to, oh. which made that even better. Yeah. That's why it's a lot more fun. <laughs> fun for me. So I enjoyed the quiz. Also, I, they uh, go over their recent acquisitions. And they've got some new crazy thing every month. Mm-hmm. Tons of it. Yeah. Like, uh, what kind of super retro mansion do they live in? Where do they stack all this I stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Cody got a Turbo
0: Graphics, some sort
1: of. No, he PC got engine. he got yeah he got the uh, the Japan one right. I think, uh, uh, and it's a. Uh, just another—they throw that on the pile of the other crazy stuff the he's pile got. Oh goodness! You know? He just got a new house though, so I'm sure he's got a separate, smaller house for his retro collection. Well, he actually didn't sell his older house. That's just devoted <laughs> to where the games go. Oh, which I could do that, but I'd have to climb the mud mountain to get my <laughs> stuff. That'd be rough.
0: All right, Aaron. Uh, last week, as you know, there was no Patreon song, and the world cried out in fury. So.
1: Tell him what I said. You can tell him. You said Boat? That's unacceptable. I said, where's the Patreon song, Boat? That's your thing. Right. And Boat was like, I'm I'm beat down. I was like, you're going to get beat down more. That's right. You're going to produce these things on demand.
0: So I acquiesced to your
1: wishes. Wait a minute. It just occurred to me. I begged you to do a Patreon song. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? So, if you know the answer to this week's
0: Patreon song, send me an email at john@amigospodcast.com and I'll announce you as winner on
1: next week's show. And don't announce it in the chat. Don't put it in the chat. Otherwise, Bo will come to your house and serenade you in person. Mm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it.
2: Alarm, Albuquerque. We like what we like, Mr. Chip. Peter Price. Herman v. Wonderly Chasm. Mark Richardson, David Hurd. Ram, okay, Ram, okay. David Terrace. Jude Carlos. Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus F. Yates. Alice Huthine. Christian Ritzel, Ravenstein. George Rosansky, The Amiga Show. Daniel Crabtree. Super Family King. Crazy Loomis, William Vinter Scott, Heavy System Z, Bundy, Fragmore, Monk, Island Olaf, Hope, Firmski, Alien, Raider, Dave, The Losser, Raptor, Calvert, Boy, Lane, Vincent, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb, Sixth Law, Bass, from Winner. So Incisor, Tech sure again, Mr. Cola. Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Love, Reflection, Simon Madge, Captain Crispy, Kilobats and Kathy, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, Stephen Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobster, Manated, 10-Minute, Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, R.M.C., Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Kyler, Bravo, Hara Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean, Bill Ben, Roland Berg, Andrew Bond. Little John, check go Lord John Marshall, Matthew Farrell, Ricky Doris, Crip, that boy, Vegas C D C, the Slow North, Stepford, Sorg, Gordon, Morton, Sid Edmond, Helen, Christopher, Hassel, Chris, Foles, Laurent
0: Jeru, Graham, Bebke, Adam, Batters, B O, Brian's, Richard, and Vintage, Gary, Hucker, Paul, Bossman, Harrington, Duncan, Styles, Crip, Josh, Nat, Adam, Bradley, Jonas, Rulo, T H C, Eric Nelson, Daniel, Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warrens, Pixels at Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman.
1: All right. Did you run out of music there at the end? A little bit, a little bit. I thought you were freestyling. Well, I do. do, It's both. Is that what it was? Man. It's both
0: and. So, uh, and of course, Aaron, we can't let an episode go by without recognizing our awesome Autism Twitch subscribers. Uh, We do record the show every week on Friday at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming, and we thank all of our subscribers over there that like to watch us live, including Oil of Hope gunner warhorse eeyore yeah. 4077 beach Bum seven blue train wing chun wolf scumboy thurso bard texas foosballer back to eight bit with hermsky explorer john marshall three Blue jellyfish da crabs mtg monza mess Jigglebox, mitsuyama amiga live pakotake retro rewind.ca nat dufort real retro dude blip blop pishbot O oh wrong twilight zoner uber scuba diver Buck Owens, Lumen008, FrodoNel, Gary Heather, Am I Steph, Great Al G, and Joss80. Thank mm. you guys so much for your support. A healthy, a healthy output there. Very nice. Thank you.
1: All right, Aaron. It's time. What are we going to do next week? Let's find out. Boat. Oh, wasted dreams and wasted nights. Remember Freddie Fender? Mm-mm. No, he used to play at Camden Park all the time. Really? Yeah. He's a Grammy winner. Freddy Fender? They had live music at Cannon Park? Tons! Oh,
0: yeah, there's a game. What are we doing here? Wasted Dreams. Wasted Dreams. It's a CD game, Boat. It, I, yeah, I, Pixel sent us this message. I remember. It's all coming back to me. This, yeah. is, this may be the first uh, CD-only game that we've done on
1: Amigos. Seems like a good way to go broke, Boat. Mm. You know, the, the, in the... Let's see, no one's got a CD-ROM. <laughs> what could go wrong? Listen, if everybody,
0: once this game comes out, the hype will be so much that everybody will own an Amiga CD I mean, player. Is this
1: a CD-TV game? No, or?
0: I think this is a, a CD, like, you, you hook it up to your, your. what, what did you hook up yours? Did anybody it's actually own a CD-ROM? Doug's from, got one. Well, Doug's got everything. And remember, uh, 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 Dan.
1: There's that prototype. Yeah. That, yeah, CD-1200 yeah. thing. Uh I listen, this is gonna take some what I like to call some good old-fashioned deep digging. I'm gonna get in there. All right. I'm gonna flesh this sucker out, and then we'll see if it's any good. Yeah. I bet it's not. We'll see. <laughs> well,
0: guys, thanks as always for watching. We will see you next week. Until then. Adios. adios.